Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Sean Lake, and we're going to talk about how he has built Bub's Naturals into an awesome company overall. Before we begin, I'll remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a content creator, podcaster, YouTuber, and you want to create tactical content that delivers, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you create that tactical content that will deliver. Sean, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm super excited about this because the story behind your brand is, is a really interesting one. And it's obviously going to hit the hearts of a lot of us veterans that are out there. And I want to give the audience an, an option or an opportunity to really understand who you are and what you're representing, where you're a former snowboarder. You went on to join Burton Snowboards. You were Sean White's team manager for a good little while. And then you landed as the director of sports marketing at DC Shoes. After decades in action and sports marketing, you co-founded Bub's Natural, which is a line of collagen peptides and other all-natural supplements named after your childhood best friend, Glenn Bub Doherty, who is a Navy SEAL that was killed in Benghazi in 9-11 and 2012. Obviously, a lot of us here are going to know about that story, and obviously, there's a movie made about it, and overall, um, a pretty heavy a heavy day for a lot of us in the military world. But before we dive into all of that, Sean, and hear how you turn that passion and that purpose into Bubs Naturals, tell us a fun fact about you, something we might not know. Ooh, all right. Fun fact about me. I have a three-year-old daughter who is currently riding around our living room on a battery-powered unicorn. Is she still a unicorn from you? Have you taken a turn on it? So I can kind of fit on it but i kill the the momentum my wife can fit on the unicorn with her legs propped up here and can kind of barely navigate it it's a lot cuter when your three-year-old is just cruising around it it literally looks like one of those grocery carts that elderly or disabled folks will will nip around the grocery store and just kind of cruise around that's her on a fuzzy purple unicorn not a lot of people would suspect that i would have that in my home or that I would let Santa Claus bring that <laughs> into my home, but it's there. What's funny is this might not be as zany as everybody thinks. We're two days after Christmas recording this, and obviously that's a pretty awesome gift. And is it over your, I think it's your left shoulder, depending on if you've mirrored. Is that another unicorn over there in the background? That is a unicorn that she drew for me. As you can tell, there's a theme in my home. <laughs> I have somehow gone from this life of making decisions for myself in a very selfish world that I I could live just around what I wanted to do and and kind of build my universe that way to no longer having that. And any parent, I think, understands that shift in dynamic. So I'm now in the land of unicorns. I love that. And I'm glad you highlighted something along those lines, because obviously family is a big piece of what you've moved into with what you're doing in your organization. And I really want to kind of go way back. Obviously, your story started way back in the day. I mean, childhood best friend. Can you tell us a little bit about that childhood growing up with somebody that turned into this national hero and kind of what that story's looked like for you? And obviously there's a sports aspect of that fitness aspect that really 
has come forward as well. Can you just give us some, some insight about that childhood growing up? Yeah. So Glenn and I were raised in a small suburb right outside of Boston called Winchester, Massachusetts. And, you know, there's one thing about Massachusetts is, and you've heard the expression, probably you hear about the mass hole. And while that really means that you, you have this very proud culture of New Englanders of folks that live in this really frigid environment in the winters. And it, it sort of, there's a hardiness bred into that. And you're rabid about your sports, you're protective of your own. There's a lot of that built into that culture. And where Glenn and I were raised in Winchester, it's, it's a very nice suburb outside of Boston. And we were both the middle children of our family. So you kind of have this older brother, younger sister. Like we, Our families were literally like carbon copies of each other. Both of our parents got divorced. So we're both being raised by single moms. And that was also really unique. Now, this is in the 80s. So it was a while ago. I'm 50. Glenn would have been, you know, 51 this year. And so there's that 80s dynamic. And we were the guys that were always just kind of marching to a slightly different drumbeat. So I got into skateboarding in the 80s when most guys were trying out for the football team, discover punk rock and alternative music and like playing hacky sack in the courtyard. Like we were just doing things a little bit different. And we found our crowd in doing that. Like there, there was a tribe of you know, high school, call it misfits or whatever, that just, we're just kind of looking at the world a little bit differently. And we forged some lifelong friendships out of those years. And, you know, with Glenn, there was always sport involved with me. There was always sport. There was cross country. There was swim team. There was always activities that you were doing to, to drive yourself to be a little bit better. And it's not that we knew any different. That was just what you did. You just, you did those things. So he was a big high school wrestler. That was his big varsity sport. And well, We all hung out as much as humanly possible the way you do in high school. And those friends from that group are still some of my best friends today. You know, now we're talking 35 years later, we're all on a speed text thread. We're always smack talking when the Patriots are playing on a Sunday. It still goes on nonstop. And I apologize to the world for 20 years of Tom Brady and all that crap that everyone had to put up with. I didn't say that I'm from Atlanta. Born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. We'll and I knew that. Go. Just keep going. I knew that. <laughs> but you got the Hawks and they're kind of nice. So <laughs> I mean, the Braves. Sorry. We got the Braves and we won't talk about the rest of it. It's... No, you got the Braves. And actually, of, of all the years, like it was a good year to cheer for the Braves. I was pretty psyched on them. So we're raised in this town. Everyone is like, you're being basically farmed and you're being curated to go directly into college, to knock out your degree, to enter the workforce, to get married, to have kids, to do the thing, right? Like that's, that's the path that you're on. And it was ingrained in all of us. And Glenn and I were the two guys that were like, how can we do this thing differently? Like we understand the expectations, but there's this other voice in our head, in my head and in his head separately going, yeah, I want to do things differently. So Glenn was a year ahead of me in school and he decides I'm going to go to Embry-Riddle and become an airline pilot. And like, no one even knew what Embry-Riddle was. Like, it's what? Oh, it's a flight school. Like, you're going to go learn how to be an airline pilot in Prescott, Arizona. No one knew where Prescott, Arizona was. We're from Massachusetts. We're from way up here. I decide the most punk rock thing I can do is go to college in New Mexico. So I enroll in New Mexico State University in Las Cruces, New Mexico, where I didn't even know where that was. You have to fly into El Paso, Texas to get there. So here I am, born and raised New England guy going to school in New Mexico, And that was kind of how we approach things. We know we have to do a job. We're going to do it a little bit different. Well, we get home from our freshman year, Glenn's sophomore year, and we're all sitting down, a bunch of our friends. We're just like, you know, 
I don't know about this college thing. And we hatched this plan to move to the mountains to become professional athletes. I was in love with snowboarding. It was an extension of skateboarding. And when you're raised in New England, you've got long winters and you got to do something when you can't ride a skateboard around. So, hey, let's go. And I remember, I'll never forget announcing the plan to my mom. I'm going to drop out of college and I'm going to move to the mountains and I'm going to go become a professional athlete. And I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. Just what? Not a deal by any means, right? No, but... She's also, my mom was, you know, she was an economist by, by trade. So she's looking at the money burn on sending me to college in the middle of bumfuck New Mexico saying like, why am I wasting my money on an education you don't care about? So she was smart enough to go, that's a loss. So whatever you're doing has to be better than burning all that money over here. Go. The analytical mind took over and she said, okay, yeah, go do your thing. My dad gave me the famous ditch digger speech. You know, he's, he just looked at me he's like, well, <laughs> world needs ditch diggers too. I'm like, you stole that line from Caddyshack, but that's okay. I'm not going to dig holes. Zach, I'm here to tell you that I did have a job where I dug holes. So in fact, the old man was right to a degree. Snowboarding so we was took, crushed, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So we took off. We took off to the mountains of Utah. And you know, it was a long journey as a teenager to, to land a job as a dishwasher at the Keyhole Restaurant at Snowbird, Utah, and Glenn and my brother Guy became lifties at the Alta Ski Resort. And that was the next ski resort up. And we all rented a little two-bedroom apartment in Midvale, Utah. And that was the start of this adventurous life where you have no rules. You just got to make it to work on time. And every waking moment is spent snowboarding. And I just breathed in that culture. I soaked it all in. And next thing you know, Glenn and I are 24 years old. All of our buddies have graduated college. They've all got jobs. Half of them are getting married. And, you know, Glenn, I'm painting houses in the summer, moving to San Francisco and doing all different odd jobs just for the adventures. Glenn is like going to Costa Rica surfing or he's a river guide. He was touring with the Grateful Dead. Try and imagine that. A U.S. Navy SEAL who served 10 years in the military. He used to sell peanut butter sandwiches at Grateful Dead concerts to pay for tickets to go to the next concert. <laughs> So you work all these odd jobs to live this lifestyle and you don't care. The jobs are just the means to an end. The end is the adventure of being in the outdoors, of being in the mountains, of being with these friendships that you're cultivating, that you're having a great time with. And we did it. During that time, I got really lucky. I did well snowboarding and I landed a couple of sponsors. I got some media stuff happening and I started living that dream and I'm like, oh my God, like free boxes of goodies are showing up at the house and I got a plane ticket to New Zealand and I'm, you know, I get to travel the world and it was awesome. Like it was everything I wanted it to be from, you know, the work put in of throwing yourself down a mountain for, for several years. Glenn, for his part, was a hell of an athlete. He was an incredible skier, but this was in the 1990s and skiing wasn't as popular back then. Like as it is say today, it's gone through a great resurgence. So you could be an amazing skier, but you weren't going to necessarily get sponsored for skiing. So he's turning 25 and we're sitting down doing this big gut check. Like, what are we going to do with the rest of our lives? All of our buddies have, they're on this next chapter and we haven't graduated from college yet. So for my part, I, I had a pretty clear, a pretty clear path. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to re-enroll in school in the summer and fall. I'm going to take the whole winter off and I'm going to have this amazing rock star 
life in the winter and be a pro snowboarder. And then I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to go to school and I'm getting paid to snowboard now. So there's checks coming in so I can pay for my tuition. It's awesome. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my snowboard money and I'm going to, I'm going to knock out my degree because I don't want to be a 40 year old ski bum. And that was really what we were doing. Like we were scared of the future to a degree because we were like, you know, we have these buddies that are bartenders that have been in the mountains for 20 years. And I don't know. I think there's a shelf life. So Glenn, for his part, he had gone on one of his you know, adventures in the summer. He went to Costa Rica, went surfing, and he came home from that trip and he had met a couple of Navy SEALs that were like, you know, off duty and on vacation or something. And he hung out with them for a couple of weeks down in Costa Rica. And they really put the idea in his head, hey, you could do this. Now in Navy SEAL years, to go into the Navy at 25 years old and then to try and go through buds was kind of ancient. Like you were an old oh, man by yeah. right. And he comes home from that surf trip and we're, we're having this big life talk. And I'm like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a degree in political science. And I think I'm going to join the state department. And I've got this whole path that I'm mapping out for myself. And Glenn's like, I think I'm going to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. Now, Zach, again, 1995. The only Navy SEAL knowledge that was out there was a Charlie Sheen movie on VHS. I kid you not. Like that was our reference point to this job that he was talking about taking. So I'm like, okay, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, like, don't tell any of our buddies, all of our ski bombs they are all a bunch of hippies. Like they won't get it. He's like, I just, I really want to see what I'm made of. I want to, I want this challenge. Okay. I'll never forget that conversation because he was like, I'm going to do this. And like, there was no talking him out of it and nor, nor would I, I was like, that's what you want to do, man. Like I'll drive you to the recruiter. And I did, I drove him down to the, the Navy recruitment office in Sandy, Utah and watched him sign his contract. And next thing you know, a couple months later, he, we're packing his bags and boom, he's uh, taking off to basic training. He's, you know, shipping off. And a year later I'm down in Coronado, you know, motley haired shaggy snowboarder, you know, and I'm attending his buds graduation. That's crazy because you don't really fit into that life by any means. I mean, showing up with the shaggy hair and looking like you're a, a snow bum, as you called it. I think that's pretty funny, man. But it kind of overall highlights y'all lived and it fits perfectly looking at what the brand is as a whole. It fits perfectly into the adrenaline, the action, the adventure lifestyle type of brand that you really built out of Bubs Natural. Well, and that's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because Glenn's friends in the Navy were my friends. And, you know, it's funny because some of them didn't become my friends until after, like in more recent decades and more recent time. But like one of like Glenn, Glenn was in SEAL Team 3 for 10 years. So he, he lived in North County, San Diego, in Encinitas, or he lived downtown or in Coronado. And his platoon mates have actually gone on to have these really public careers you know like i don't know if you know who you know clint emerson is but 100 deadly skills so they're all authors we all know them. every seal it's, that's a joke in the military every seal is also an author of a book so literally <laughs> three of his platoon mates have written new york times best-selling books they were like there was his years like yeah. mikey Ritland used to come up and hang out on our couch when we were roommates and he'd be training dogs. He'd just gotten out of the Navy in like 2009. And now Mike's like on his fifth book and he's got a crazy podcast. And I'm like, this is funny that these were the dudes we would barbecue with back in our 20s. And then now they're this or like my closest friend from that chapter is a guy named Shane Hyatt. And Shane is now retired from the Navy and he makes custom knives. And, you know, 
lives out of his van half the time and will just show up at my house and park it out there for a week and come in and, you know, sponge my internet and hang out on the couch. <laughs> he, he doesn't come around as much once you've got kids. That's like a, that's like a, a repellent to that lifestyle. And yeah, that babysitting might uh, not go well with the knife making. <laughs> not so much. But so the idea of that adventure was always in us. And that goes back to those high school years of just kind of thinking differently, doing things differently. And that high adrenaline lifestyle was what we moved to the mountains for. And it's very interesting because I've reflected a lot on that, how much my snow buddies and Glenn's and my snow buddies and Glenn's seal buddies, like everyone really hung out a lot and connected. Like those were some fun times because they all surfed. They all wanted to be in the mountains. They all wanted that, that big adrenaline rush activities because obviously look at the job description that they were living in. So it was a really fun chapter. I parlayed that into working in the action sports industry. I didn't intend to per se. I got done snowboarding. I wrapped up my college degree. You know, at that point, I'm, I'm 30 years old. Glenn had already spent five years in the Navy and I ended up getting recruited by Burton Snowboards to move down to San Diego where my best buddy Glenn is and become the team manager for a young kid named Sean White. And of course, Sean has gone on to win, you know, multiple Olympic gold medals and X Games medals. The guy's got more hardware and medals than anyone and really cool kid. But that was the job. Hey, come down here and work with Sean. So my career path of I'm going to join the State Department and travel the world and continue these adventures ended up being, hey, you're going to travel the world and have adventures, but you're going to do it you know, in this action sports adventure land. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better accidental career path. I wasn't looking to join the marketing ranks of that world, but it's been awesome. And uh, it's been a, a really neat adventure. And of course, it kind of got the band back together. You know, Glenn was living down in Coronado. I was in Encinitas. Next thing you know, he moves up to town. Next thing you know, we're two guys turning 40. We both got divorces. We're roommates again. And I'm like, well, here we go. Didn't really script this one, but guess we're doing it. Sounds like my last story. Hang on. It sounds like we grew up together in that same arena. Yeah, man. No, I love that though, man. Because what's fun about it, and I want to highlight your, your partner, TJ Ferreira. And this is something that in, in our world, it makes me laugh to look at from the veteran world to any type of competitive anything. That's where our my closest friends have come from, your closest friends. Y'all met competing on a CrossFit floor where I, I used to be a CrossFit instructor as well. So like CrossFit is like one of those things, like the, the spec ops of the military, I was a SWAT guy. Like we all do CrossFit because that's, that's the thing, right? That's what you do. How could you not do it? Right. I mean, it is functional and it works really well, but it's competitive. That's one thing that we love in our worlds, but y'all essentially banded together to create this brand because of not only is it y'all have that type of connection, which I, I want to highlight that piece of the partnership. Great partners in business have that type of connection, right? It's not just, hey, I like you, you like me, let's go start some shit. It's like we have mutual values, which CrossFit, adrenaline, fitness enthusiasts, like that type of stuff is very big. But also it looks like you had a different aspect of business that he had his strengths, you had your strengths, and y'all kind of banded together and evened each other out. Can you kind of say yeah. a little bit about how that happened and how y'all came together? So end of 2007, 2008, Glenn came home from a deployment and he hit me up. This is literally like we're going through divorces and like we're entering that chapter of our lives. And he's like, hey man, I got this new workout. It's called CrossFit. I'm like, cross who? He's like, CrossFit. He's like, meet me at the YMCA in Encinitas. We're going to do a workout. And he literally has a BlackBerry and he had 
looked up a workout on his BlackBerry and he's like, we're going to do this. And it was like, I didn't even know how to do a pull-up. And he's like, we're going to do a kipping pull-up. And so we're in the YMCA trying to like, you know, flop our arms around and figure out these movements. And we did it for a couple of months. Well, we were hooked because it was competitive. That's way before it became popular. Like that was way back in there. Like I didn't start till like 2011, 2012. That's like the days before it became a thing, right? It was so OG. And like, it was like, if you ever saw someone wearing a CrossFit t-shirt, you were like, you're in the secret club. Like no one was doing it. But if you did, you were all in. And so he brought it home from deployment. He had learned about it there. There was a simple website called CrossFit.com. And they just posted a workout. And we did them, whatever the workout was, we did them at the YMCA and fast forward a couple of months. And we realize that there's a gym in Encinitas, California called seal fit. And it's owned by a former Navy seal named Mark divine. So just a small lowly guy named Mark divine. Like nobody's ever heard of that guy. No one's ever heard of this. Name drop in there. Like just slid that right in there. We'll play. I got, I'm, I'm going to keep going. There's more. So anyways, I, we go to this gym and you should see Glenn walking into this place. He's like, hey, hey, Navy SEAL right here. Who owns this joint? And Mark is there and Mark walks up. Now, anyone who's, if you don't know who Mark Devine is, he's basically the cyborg athlete, just chiseled features, monster. And he's also an incredibly kind human. And he just he, walks up and he's old school. He's like, like old, old talk about OG that dude, yeah. not to call him old, but like he ain't a young, young buck. And he is still built like that. I have gone toe to toe with Mark divine and he's got me beat. Like he's, you know, 10, 11 years older than I am. And he just smokes. Like he just, he's a fire breather. So Mark and Glenn hit it off. We joined this gym. Next thing you know, there's a CrossFit gym and it becomes our home. This is our home away from home. And I'm there for a year and I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I'm still at DC shoes. So my day job is managing these sports programs. Glenn is dipping in and out of deployments. And we're, this is our home. This is where we'd spend hours a day when we could to just be a part of this family. It was amazing. So TJ enters in years later, but at that point I became a coach at the gym. I went through the Kokoro seal fit camp experience you're bringing back some memories, man. This is old school, like the Unbeatable Mind book, yep. all that, the way the seal. That's like old school stuff that you're bringing back good memories, man. And, and that's so, and we just lived it. Like that's what we did every day. We did these operator workouts. There were these three hour affairs. I started doing them in 2009. I remember I would leave DC early to go to the gym and join the guys. And most of the guys doing these workouts are these like 19, 18 year old kids that are trying to go into buds. So they're, living at the gym in these bunks in a garage just to get like as much knowledge and stamina to then go into the Navy and go do the job. And Mark had this incredibly high rate of bringing these kids through his program, sending them into the Navy, and then they become SEALs. So I didn't really pay attention to that stuff. I was just this dude turning 40 who was trying to be as fit as I could. And that was the environment we were in. Well, Mark hits me up one day and he's like, yo, you've been at this gym now for a year and you've never paid for membership because you're best friends with Glenn. And he's like, I really need you to get your coaching credentials. So can you just go down and do your level one as, and just coach a class so I can justify having you here? <laughs> so you know what, Mark, you're right. I should be paying for my membership. I'm going to go get my level one. So I go down to you know UCSD or whatever, one of the schools, and I do my level one coaching certificate 
and I meet Dave Castro and Greg Glassman and all these people that were just there coaching it and teaching. I had no idea that I was in royalty of CrossFit and I get my level one cert and then I become a, a coach at US CrossFit. Then I go through Kokoro, the seal fit experience. I'll give one story on that. This is before YouTube videos were like everywhere. So your ability to glean knowledge of what I was going into was very minimal. So I didn't know that it was a true, pure simulated hell week. I just worked out with these guys and then I went on with my life. So the day, the day we're going into the camp that morning, I'm like, so where do we sleep? And everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I don't see where we sleep around here. And they just start chuckling because they know, they know that I'm not sleeping. I'm like, oh, you, you're going to sleep right up there. There's this little apartment building. They start pointing to that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, because I, I read the stuff to bring and there's nothing about a sleeping bag. They're like, yeah, you won't need that. <laughs> little did you know. <laughs> little did I know. So I go through that weekend. It was life transformative. And I mean, listen, 39 years old, testing what you're made of. It was the closest window that I had had to what Glenn had gone through in his twenties. And it's just a life shift. And it's as simple as that, you know, like you don't know what you're capable of until you are tested. And I have never been tested the way I was tested in that weekend. And it started on a Friday. It ended on a Sunday afternoon and it was the full experience. And I came out of it just looking at life differently. And we could unpack this for hours, but I will just say that it is through those tests that you do realize what you're capable of. You realize where your quit button is. You realize where your don't quit button is. You realize the strength of your tribe and those around you, your teammates, and you realize your strength in helping others. It's all in this crucible. And I came out of the back end of that and Mark Devine asked me to coach. He said, hey, now that you've gone through it, I'd like for you to be one of two civilian coaches on the staff. And everyone's a former Navy SEAL. Like the entire staff is just guys that are, they've done their job. It's Glenn, it's you know this guy Taco, Dan Cirillo, it's Chris Smith. It's like these guys that are just, they're very well known and well respected. And, and I became part of their coaching staff. And I did that for a couple of years. That's where TJ comes in. So circling back to my business partner, TJ had aspirations in his late 20s of joining the Navy and joining into the special operations community. His dad was a ranger. He had it in his family. TJ had a very successful run in the e-commerce space. He'd done a lot of great things. He was very much on the forefront of the e-commerce buying experience. So in 2014, a couple of years after Glenn had passed, he is going through the camp. And I, I get a, a nod, a buddy of mine, Tim Swart says, hey, uh, this kid TJ is coming through there. Make sure you, you give him a little extra special attention. And that's usually code for break him and, you know, make sure he gets the most out of it. So I knew to look for him right away. And he comes through. Don't you just love friends like that? Don't you just love people that like set you up right off the bat? Yeah, this is military 101, y'all. Just so y'all are tracking. That yeah, definitely military 101. So he comes in and he, TJ has a look about him and it's not, it looks like he's just eye fucking you. Like he just has this fucking look. And I pick up on that right away and I just start digging into them and digging and digging and digging. And that's the whole point. You're there to break them quick and early, get rid of the ones that shouldn't be there through the weekend. And I remember like, you know, this is whole exercise, but don't lose your weapon. You've got a, basically a PVC staff that's filled with sand. It's kind of heavy and awkward, but don't you lose that. And I got it away from him and he lost it. So I may, I just started hammering him. You lost your weapon. You lost your weapon. 
And he's just looking at me with that look. And I'm like, don't you, I fuck me Ferreira. And he kept that demeanor through the entire weekend. Could not break him. You could not break him. And, you know, by the whole idea is that there's a transition between the first 24 hours and the second period where if they're still there, they have something redeemable in them. They have something that, that you can really cultivate and bring out. And that's your job as a coach is, is, to, is to test and lift and then break down and lift. And you're doing this kind of this repeated process. And he came out of the back end. I, I had full respect for this kid. And I was like, okay, I don't like him, but I respect him. We reconnect again a year later and we end up going through a work project together that was super high intensity. It was like, it was everything is your frantic and entrepreneurial startup environment. He came in to head up e-commerce. He butted heads with the founder. I was on the founder's side, but I really believed in TJ's honesty. I was in this tug of war. Within six months, the whole thing blew up and we were out of there. And we were just like, holy shit, I don't even know what just happened. But one thing I know is that I have a respect for you. So what I learned along that way was that the reason TJ went through SealFit and went through Kokoro is that he wanted to join the Navy. Right after that experience, he got hit by a car and was basically medically deemed impossible. He got like a TBI. He could not join the Navy. So he's like, fuck, I had this dream. Well, we're now friends. We're lifting together once in a while. We're just kind of sharing best practices on the whole world of marketing, him from the digital experience, me from a brand side. And he comes over one day. Now we're into 2017. And it's early 2017. He comes over to the house one day and he sees a jar of collagen protein on my countertop. Now, my wife had had me buy this jar a couple of months earlier, and her exact words to me were, you're not getting any younger. I need to preserve your old ass, and you need to start taking this. I had a one-year-old son at the time. I have a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old daughter. My daughter, my wife was just pregnant with our daughter. Only response to that is yes, ma'am, right? Yes, ma'am. Yep. I do what I'm told. So I start taking this white powder, collagen protein, and I put it in my coffee. It says it's unflavored. And about three weeks into taking it every day, I'm doing my job. I don't take any supplements. The only stuff I ever knew about supplements I had learned from Glenn, like creatine, BCAAs, whey protein, all that stuff. But I never stuck with it because I, it was just never my jam. My wife tells me to take it. I take it. Three weeks into it, Zach, my fingernails are growing like I'm the Wolverine. Like, this is crazy. Then about a month later, my knees stop hurting. And it says right on the jar, hair, skin, nails, joint health, gut health, like all these amazing benefits that are too good to be true. And I'm like, why do my knees not hurt? This is unbelievable. Like what the heck is in this jar that has my knees not hurting? I start interneting and Googling it. And I realize it's all in these amino acids that are in this protein. They're just loaded up and collagen does heal your connective tissue. And I was experiencing that my hair was growing. My fingernails are like crazy. Most importantly, I could move better. My joints overall felt phenomenal. Now, at that point, you know, I've been crossfitting for a decade. I'm super into some high wear and tear sports. And TJ comes over to the house and he's like, oh, you take that collagen stuff? It's the best ever. Like, I am squatting, running. I'm moving. Like, dude, I'm 45 years old. I feel like I'm 30. This is amazing. And he goes, well, let's start a company. And that's TJ's the entrepreneur. TJ's the guy who thinks about that kind of stuff. And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, let me change a diaper real quick. And then let's start a company. Sure. But we said, well, what would it look like? What would this company thing look like? Now, remember what I said, 
TJ had always wanted to serve, but he couldn't. I had never had the aspirations to serve, but I'd always liked helping others. I was just, it was just a different approach. Like, you know, snowboarding took me in one direction, took Glenn in another direction. Then I got into that culture, the time spent with Mark Devine, coaching at Seal Fit. And I recognized that in me, like this drive just to push yourself to be competitive, but to just to like level up as much as you can in life. And I said, okay, what would a company look like? Like, let's go back into this sip and coffee. And we looked at each other and had one of those like pure moments of same thing, same time, same thoughts, whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. And I just lit up like a Christmas tree. And I'm like, well, I know the charity. It's got to be Glenn's charity. And Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. So we'll start this company called Bub's Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. This dude who stood for self-improvement. So every product we make will stand for self-improvement and will always donate 10% of all profits to charity in his name, the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation being like the centerpiece of that because Glenn was always helping others. And we are like, this feels great. We got to do this. So I call up Mikey Ritland. I call up Shane. I call up some former teammates of Glenn's. And I said, what do you think, guys? And I called Glenn's family. We called everyone. And everyone came back to me and they said the same thing. They're like, Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. You have to do this. I'm like, all right. So TJ always wanted to serve. He always had this thing in him to help others. This was his expression of that. When Glenn died in Benghazi, his family and I started the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation as a way to help special operators and their families transition out of active duty to civilian life. So help them out through scholarship primarily. So I had had that channeling of grief from losing my best friend and my brother into keeping his memory alive, like keeping him at the table. And this was like an extension of that. Like we can inspire people to activity. We can inspire people to live better lives. We can help others along the way. And we're looking at each other. You know, again, this is 2017. We're, we're new to this. And we're asking ourselves one question. Do you think anyone's going to care? Now, anyone who's been around the dietary supplement industry, the general world of nutrition like that, it's very vanity driven. It's look good naked shit. And we weren't approaching it that way. We were, we were saying, hey, we're going to help others. And we just didn't know if that messaging was going to have a stickiness to it. But that's what we set out to find out. And heck, here we are having this conversation now, four years later. Absolutely love that. I'm sitting here looking at a lot of the content you have. Y'all post a ton of content. Y'all post, I mean, obviously like the videos y'all have, everything you're doing is falling in line with these amazing values that you're able to build and, and actually put into business, which I love the purpose-driven business, right? It's not like, hey, let's just go start a business for whatever. Let's go create impact. And I absolutely love that. And I'm really curious, Sean, with everything you're doing from the business, from the journey to everything to this point, what is the legacy you're wanting to leave and possibly just maintain with everything from Glenn's legacy? I know that was part of your mission statement is uh, maintaining his legacy, but what's the legacy you're trying to build around Bob's Naturals? You know, it's funny. When we started this, we didn't know if anyone would care, but we knew that we cared and we cared enough about it to put our life savings on the line to research this thing called collagen, to dive into this space and to improve other people's lives. And ever since I discovered coaching in CrossFit, that has been an incredible mover for me. This idea of helping others, like there's just something that is so satisfying in seeing other people improve. You know, sometimes hard for me to put my finger on it, but I always come back to like one story of teaching this woman, this housewife 
who used to be fit in college, who had kids, got out of it, joins the gym to try and get back into shape. I remember teaching her her first pull-up and the amount of pride that this woman had to do something that she never thought she would ever be able to do in her entire life has always stuck with me. And this was in like 2009. And it was like, holy shit, like this is so much more satisfying to me than a successful marketing campaign for a snowboard boot that I'm launching. That's a much more lucrative path to be on, but it just didn't feel the same. And I love snowboarding and I am very passionate about outdoor activities and and doing that. But the fitness foundation in life, it it unlocks all of this great human potential. And to see that, to, to be a part of that journey for people was absolutely imprinted on me and has been with me ever since. So the Bub's legacy is going to be to change lives. If we are successful, it's going to be because I helped someone run their first 5K. I've helped someone, we've helped someone achieve something in their lives that they had written off or didn't think they could do or thought was behind them and not in front of them. And we're putting those things in front of people. And that is what gets me out of bed in the morning. And I, I jump into the opportunity to have a conversation like this is because there's an opportunity in everyone to unlock that human potential. And that could be lifting up your kids and playing with them, helping your neighbor. It could be something tactical. It could be your job. Like if you are a first responder and you're not applying solid nutrition in your life, you don't know what you're really capable of. If you're not in the CrossFit gym, if you're not running endurance, it doesn't matter what fitness regimen you're, you're a part of, but if you're not dialing that up, you know, if you're not seeing what your true human potential is. So let's go tap into that. Let's go find out and share that so that people can lean into that. And if we can create a brand that is exciting and inspiring like Glenn was, because there's no version of being friends with Glenn Bub Doherty without you like running and exercising and, and just sucking the marrow out of life. Well, let's do that with this brand. Let's get people up and moving. It's been a really fun journey. I, I feel like no one really knows who we are. We're so new, but the opportunities out there and it's exciting as hell. I love that aspect. And it's funny. We talked about me being in, in CrossFit. There was this sweet little old lady. I shouldn't call her old. She was mid fifties, but this was when I was early twenties. Every day at 1130, she was the only other person in that CrossFit class with me. And we literally built smaller boxes so she could start working on her box jump. And when she would like do a snatch and start dancing, cause it was like her highest lift. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, so much, so much that brings that passion back, man. That's why I got my level one, because I wanted to make that same impact. And it's amazing that you've now been able to turn that into this, in this product, in this business. I'm going to give the audience the opportunity. How can they grab some of it? How can they follow along with the journey, find all your content? What's the best ways for them to locate you and Bubs Naturals? Yeah, so the easiest way, our website, right? Like come into our website, learn more about the backstory and, and the products and, and why they work and work for you. And that's bubsnaturals.com. So it's B-U-B-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. And then all of our social media handles are the same. It's all at Bubs Naturals. You know, we definitely try and share informative content. Like what is MCT oil powder? Why do you need this? Like what's it going to unlock in you? Well, look at your audience. You've got aspiring entrepreneurs. You've got leadership potential people. You've got You've got folks in a lot of different walks of life that are trying to do a lot of different things. How do you tap into that for them? And MCT oil is great for mental focus. It's great for sustained energy. Collagen is this amazing connective tissue protein that's great for joint health and muscle recovery and gut health. 
And of course, all the vanity shit. It's great for hair growth. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. That hurts me. That hurts me. I like the polish um, I use in the mornings, okay? <laughs> well, you know, that goes for both of us there. <laughs> but the hair we do have is a full beard waiting to happen, which you've already got. So, but, you know, it's exciting because you, you have these products that just help improve you. It's all self-improvement based and it's all stuff derived directly from nature. You know, MCT, it's a medium chain triglyceride. It's, it's coconut oil. That's all it is. Take coconut oil though, and it's got some amazing health benefits to it. So being a part of that journey is fun. The content we create, we try and be inspiring with it and, you know, and leverage cool stories or adventures. And some of it is summoning Mount Everest and some of it is you know, rocking a 5k, it's whatever your all walks of life are fair game there, but adventure is a central component in it, man, Sean, I absolutely love it. And I encourage everybody to go check out Bubs natural, find some more of this product. And then of course, come back this Friday for tactical Friday. We're going to break down a little bit more about the fitness mindset needed in our path. Sean, thanks so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. I love being on there. Thanks for having me, Zach. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.